Welcome to The Goddess and the Medicine Woman with Melissa McHugh and Sydney Decker. In this episode, Melissa and Sydney discuss the internal and external male gaze we might not be aware of and the societal fear women deal with most of their lives. Come on in and join the conversation. Hey, Sydney Decker. Hey, Melly Mel. I wanted to call you <laughs> something totally different today. <laughs> I know. For some reason, I wanted to say, because I always do the beginning and the end of our podcast, I would say, welcome to the goddess and the medicine woman with Melissa McHugh and Sydney Decker. Yeah, I <laughs> Today, know. we're going to have Sydney read a quote, and then we're going to talk about it. Sydney, read your quote. <laughs> <laughs> I feel right, like an so announcer. Yeah. I love it. So there is an interesting quote I wanted to share with everyone today because it got me pondering myself and reality and existence for probably a good hour okay so being a woman isn't about the body you were born with or the feelings or your brain it's about i love that (laughs) even with that lady when she said it's about being haunted by this quote from margaret atwood for your entire life and i get why Hmm. male fantasies male fantasies is everything run by male fantasies Up on a pedestal or down on your knees, it's all a male fantasy that you're strong enough to take what they dish out or else too weak to do anything about it. Even pretending you aren't catering to male fantasies is a male fantasy. Pretending you're unseen, pretending you have a life of your own, that you can wash your feet and comb your hair, unconscious of the ever-present watcher peering through the keyhole. Peering through the keyhole in your own head if nowhere else. You're a woman with a man inside watching a woman. You are your own voyeur, Margaret Atwood. Hmm. So um, I guess I'm wondering about the last part about you are your own voyeur. That means to me that even if no one is watching you, you are thinking that someone is watching you or you feeling as if you're acting in a way that you are always being watched by the male gaze. Is that kind of? Yeah. Yeah, So I just looked up voyeur. So voyeur is a person who gains sexual pleasure from watching others when they are naked or engaged in sexual activity, a person who enjoys seeing the pain or distress of others. Mm. So it's not only actual, like sexual, like physical pleasure. It's just could be the pain of, knowing that you're watching them, they have pleasure in that causing some sort of distress in another person. I like this it one. It probably says, doesn't someone... always has to be, right? No. Distress. Someone who obtains sexual gratification from observing unsuspecting individuals who are partly undressed, naked, or engaged in sexual acts. So someone who habitually seeks sexual stimulation by visual means. Right. So just basically the watcher and in a sexual way, someone that likes to be the watcher. Yeah. So why I'm bringing this up is because I think that the universe brought this quote to me because I have very actively um, some I've talked a little bit about it on the podcast and other areas I have not. But I've been looking at ways to integrate my body dysmorphia and my feelings of myself and where that really comes from and I started for the first time to see through this lens in a newer way in a different way than I've been aware of before because I've always noticed that there's a male gaze internally in my brain too I mean there's an external male gaze that we all kind of adopt whether that's unconscious or conscious Um, But then there's always this, like, watcher feeling. And I feel like every woman feels that way a little bit of, like, I got to cover up. They'll seem, even if at home alone, Mm -hmm. you feel that way as a woman. You're like, Mm -hmm. will someone see me or not or whatever it is. So it's like I started to kind of notice that, but I never really was able to put words to it. And then, for example, like. Throughout my life, I just started to notice because I've been sitting and feeling and I take some time to like work with my body dysmorphia. And so I started to really hear a lot of what guys have said about me 
both positively what they thought was positive and negatively and how then I would take that on that comment right so like let's say I'm just gonna use something easy it's gonna whatever so like a lot of people say guys are like obsessed and say I have really nice feet so then I will like I'll look at my foot my foot like I'll look through me as Sydney through at my foot and I'm like it's a foot like (laughs) I like I'm like, I guess it's cute with this color tone. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? I try to like understand that. But then like I'll show or like I used to have a boyfriend that was like obsessed with my feet and like didn't would even be weird about particular colors and whatever. And I'm just kind of like, I don't understand that. Right. But now when I look at my feet, I'm like, I wonder if someone's going to think that my feet are cute Mm. or whatever. And it's like. But it gets this distorted, dysmorphic view of my foot because my foot is just a freaking foot that's helping me to walk around on the planet. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to sexualize my foot, but I can't sexualize my foot because I see it as just a foot. Yeah. But then this quote made a lot of sense of how there's always this sexual watcher for us women Mm. gazing Mm. through us, whether a man is present or not. Yeah. So I just wanted to bring that as a conversation because I'm not sure if that's really been particularly pinpointed in a yeah. larger way. Right. It's very interesting. I mean, because, you know, every single thing that we look at is going to come from our point of view. So if you're not someone who finds feet sexual or stimulating in that way of course you're just going to look at your foot and say okay that's my foot you know what i mean you're not going to have that lens of sexual attached to it so you're never going to actually be able to participate completely with that person feeling any sort of stimulation about it maybe because you're making them happy that's you know what I mean? Stimulating for you in a way. So it's all going to be a point of view. It's all going to be through our own filters. Anything that we see, you know, everybody's got their own thing sexually in that way, talking about it that way. But then, you know, you come at, at it from the point of view of the male gaze and always being watched. Right. So I guess that's kind of like the point here is even if there's not a man there, we're thinking in our minds, are they going to find this sexy? Are they going to appreciate this? And it's kind of a conditioning then that we have from the early on. And I could trace that back for myself to my dad. Is he going to appreciate me? Is he going to find me in a positive light in this way. And I guess it would start out that way where we're just looking for the man's um, gaze in a positive way. Well, to just be seen, not sexually seen, seen, not sexually, but yes. So to be seen. And then as we grow up, it turns sexual um, at some point, sometimes too soon, sometimes later on, it just depends on your situation. But, the feeling of always being judged by men as women. Sure. I can see where that is definitely a thing right from the very beginning in, Mm. um, now I don't know about the new families, you know what I mean? Like how, how much that's changed because I can only, you know, say from my point of view and the women that I know, And I don't know a lot of really young women either. So I don't know how much that's changed and if it's moving away from that right now. No. Okay. No. Yeah. So it's actually, I mean, there's, there's two avenues that are going on in, that's why I'm bringing it up because my generation, it really kind of started with um, like Snapchat and like being able to send photos and all those things and guys asking for photos and send me nudes and send me selfies and do all these things. 
And so I'm noticing that the younger generation is definitely more empowered in a sense of self. So they're they're going to be non-binary. They're going to claim things of they, them. They're going to become more whole. So that is that is progress and that is helpful because they are speaking up and saying we have feelings we are going to be seen we are going to be heard there's still this issue with sexualization that goes so deep between men and women though masculine feminine because if you look at tiktok and you look at instagram and there's i will come across accounts where i think that the girl is like got to be like 28 she's 16 and she's like fully sexualized herself with the crop tops and she's doing the dancing and she's like being more provocative at a young age, which I was, I did dancing and different things at a young age too, like provide you like you move your body and stuff. But with the male gaze everywhere in social media, they are taking what they, their idols are, their, who they look up to, the influencers. And they're also, there's this whole culture of um, like if you dress the part and you play the part, you'll get the part. So like if you wear all the clothes, you'll be famous. You'll become an influencer. Like there's this influencer thing going on in the the world too of like mm. I can if I dance right, I can get 500 million followers on TikTok and then I'm famous and then I'm set up and then all the guys will like me. It's kind of like what Hannah, if you go back to any of her episodes, talk about being the it girl. Right. So when I look at young girls now, like when I looked 13, I looked 13. I was yeah. like, I looked 13 and I, you could tell I was conf- like not good and confused and whatever. I will look and there will be girls that are walking around and dressing and acting as if they're full blown adults. Hmm. Like their energy is coming across as very like sexualized and those types of things. So it's actually becoming a bigger thing because hmm. that tells me that they're the man in their head is larger of because it's not I can read the energy some are coming from an empowered place because we've mm-hmm. gotten to a place where women can start to kind of dress a little bit more we used to be super which I'm fine with but then there's the dancing and the getting attention to get influencers to get likes to get to a certain place in life that there's a pressure that's all through the male gaze they're not crafting Mm -hmm. they're not creating a craft and then bringing their craft they are dancing and shaking their hips and having men and then those types of men are responding to get them hired it's nothing is i'm not saying anything's wrong here i'm just saying i'm noticing yeah and i noticed that it would have been hugely detrimental to my psyche Mm -hmm. if i were to have been i was just on the cusp of coming out but someone who's sensitive to energy and sensitive to wanting to be liked and is a sensitive feminine in the world where men say get naked and dance for me and I'll love you Mm. it's just a little problematic is why I am bringing this up because that quote really made me realize that there is always for a woman in a very subconscious way this watcher and I'm sure for men too but I'm not in the male psyche, but for women, yeah. it's almost like it breathes down your neck. It's hmm. like watching you always. And I don't, I don't know. That's why I'm wanting to have this conversation for if it's every generation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause I'm trying to, I'm really getting thoughtful about it because I am growing up. I always had in my mind the man growing up with my mom, she would always um, do whatever she could to have the male gaze be positive on her. You know, she Mm -hmm. was not healthy in any way. And so, yes, she would always, um, even sometimes to our detriment, you know, we're going here and with this guy and, you know, all these things. So I learned that the man was most, the most important thing you know, growing up, my mom was that way. It was the man was the most important thing. And mm-hmm. so I rebelled against some things a little bit, but like you said, unconsciously, subconsciously, whatever that is, it was always there. In the back of my mind, I'm doing this because maybe a man will find it 
attractive or, you know, whatever. So I'll be taken care of. So I'll be loved. And that's the, the bottom line was because I was looking for love. And so, yeah, I see, I think generally, generationally, it is that. So, yeah, it's like, that's something that I've noticed. And I know, too, like in my family, and my dad was never like crude or made crude comments either. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like he was like grabbing on my mom and saying things or anything. And my brother has never really been that way. And my uncle has never been that way. So a lot of it's not like I grew up hearing crude comments about like women's bodies besides what I was watching on TV. Mm-hmm. And so because even my dad would say things like the one time I remember I was really young and I was growing up and it's that part where you want boobs, right? Like you're like, mm-hmm. I'm to Obsessed. be a woman. It, yeah, exactly. it means boobs. Yeah, and I like to be big. <laughs> yeah. And so. But why is that, though? That's another thing. That's what I'm talking about. We all go through that. Yes. Wanting them because it makes a difference. Who does it make a difference to? Nobody but men. Exactly. Women didn't care except for how men, because I remember the most popular girl in our school had huge boobs. And we all wanted to be like her. Now, why weren't we saying, and she was a very nice person. She was very uh, cute. She was kind. You know what I mean? She was like a wonderful human being, but nobody was like, well, I want to be like her because of that. Everybody was just like, oh, God, if I could just have her body, all the men would love me. Well, why wasn't it because she was a lovely human being? We were saying that. But no, automatically as women, we knew why all the men liked her. It was because of her body. Nobody ever told me that. It was an instinct that I had. Yep. And of course, there's comments by all the guys when she's walking down the hall. Ooh, look at that. Blah, blah, blah. Look at that body part. Look at that body part. And then they'd Mm -hmm. look at me and be like, oh, you have like such a fat ass. And I'd be like, oh, my God. So we learned. Well, that would have been great. But in my day, that was a negative. And now it's a positive. So if I was born later. (laughs) Yeah. Because when I hit um, maturity. May I was like this little teeny tiny, no hips. I was like little, little, little. Then all of a sudden, yeah, I just went and I got curvy. And back then, the curviness was in a man, man's gaze was not good. Right. <laughs> so it's always been. And, you know, I don't like to vilify men. And I'm not saying that every man does this or did this or is like this in the slightest because I know some very lovely men, but when I'm not there in front of them, are they saying it too? I don't know. I'm not a man. Right. You know, so this is, that's why this is a hard conversation to have. If we don't have a man's perspective, because we don't know, we can only say from our perspective, how it felt and just the intuitions that we had. Um, as women, always like that underlying, we're doing this so that. Well, I don't we even think loved. we could bring a modern man into the conversation. Is what I'm saying. Because mm. I don't, I don't know. I don't think that they're even conscious of it. Mm. I don't think okay. that this is like a modern issue, and I don't think men will have the same experience as women have about this particular, this particular topic. Right. Because they're not a woman and we're not a man. So that's also right. something I started to realize. It's like, yeah, they because you've had I've had conversations of, like this just in a little bit around men and whatever. Men are more visual creatures, so they're always sure. going to be more visual. Right. They're always going to be more drawn. That's why video games, not always, but a lot of are more men oriented technology. Mm-hmm. Anything that's overstimulating visually, you'll find more men involved in it. Not always. Yes. And so for them, like, for example, a woman could meet the most ugly man and he will be like, I don't know. But if a woman spends time with her, not to say men can't do this with women either. I just want to put that out there. But a woman can meet the beast, a beast Mm -hmm. and love him and still stay there and marry him and have children with him if he is a good person. 
Right. It, it For us, it's not always visual. Because right. I've met some people where I'm like, mean it's mean visually like my brain's like what the who why this beautiful goddess is with this guy yeah and then you go to meet him and he's and you meet him and he's lovely he's so lovely or he's hilarious or he dotes on her and not in like a weird way like in a genuine way yeah and so you're like then you find him attractive as Mm -hmm. a woman because it's like this guy is just this guy and Mm -hmm. it becomes no longer about what he looks like right it's the complete opposite for men they mm-hmm. could be with the most beautiful woman who is a piece of mean, hates people, shits on things, and he's like, won't let her go because yeah. all of his friends are like, damn, she's yeah. hot. So it's it's just a difference here. So I don't know if we can have – and like you said, I'm not trying to vilify anything, anyone either, but I'm trying to have a conversation because I finally – pinpointed that weird watcher in my brain yeah and it's no one on this planet particularly well right it's just a concept it's just the watch it's the voyeur and like at the end of it said that i find that i am the voyeur yes because we are taking that on because of the conditioning and the ways that we were raised and as women that things that we just know for survival you know, back in the day, you had to be attached to a man. You had to play up those parts because we, I mean, it's so hard sometimes because of where we are now and just a few hundred years ago where women were. Yeah. So much different that we can't even understand. You know, we there's no way to judge. We can't judge those women for what they did, for how they had to be. In order just to survive, you had to hitch yourself to a man, whether it was your uncle, your brother, your husband, your father, whoever it was. If you did not have one, you were out on your own and then you became a sex worker or, you know, you were killed or you were or whatever. You were yeah, a, or nurse. a nurse. Yeah. You or a librarian. Be, yeah. You were take, either taking care of men or you were with them. Or you were sexually pleasing them. So it's kind of like a a thing where we always had to in order to survive. It's a survival mechanism that is still there, even though now we don't necessarily need to do that. And we're waking up to the point where we don't want to do that. We want to be sovereign. We want to be women standing as women and not have to think about how the man views us or how we view ourselves because we used to have to worry about that. And I think that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's going to be an process. evolution, right? Yeah, it's going to be an evolution, right? For all of us. Because we're just babies coming out of that. You know what I mean? Like, we're just being able to move past that. And like, I think you were talking about this in our last episode. About women just being able to start to say, I was abused by a man and for people to actually be able to hear that and believe it and make it important i think that's maybe the next the next step is to ask ourselves where's the man in me what man have i created inside myself and is is this a compilation of my life do i have there hold on you're broken up again can you hear me now you're going through the same thing again hold on a minute talk i don't know hello okay we're good i think so freaking mercury retrograde <laughs> so I think that it's you said it was a compilation of yeah a compilation of like do I have a brother so what did he what what did I take in from him of what a man grandparents grandfather father if you didn't have one of those like what tv shows like what Features. type of man teachers coaches did you adopt and did you internalize and did you integrate because I noticed I integrated and internalized a lot more negative things said about me than positive 
Mm. where because I even remember a little while ago I was on the phone with my mom and I was crying to her because I've been trying to deal with this like embodiment stuff and by no means is this a bad thing because he said things throughout my life but I was saying to her I was like I don't have a memory of my dad looking at me and telling me I'm beautiful Mm. and she was like I think I do and I'm like but I don't I don't have that memory of like him just letting me that I'm beautiful and why and then I was crying about that and then I was asking myself why do I need that yes but there's a part of me that needs that because not it's physically beautiful but like I also feel like women beauty is very important Mm. and not beauty in the aesthetics I'm just beautiful to be is beautiful because be and beautiful are the same Mm-hmm. So like I think that's what I really want was just to have a father, my father, say to me, "You are beautiful as a being." Yeah, acceptable. You, I accept you and all of everything that's going on with you, and I love you because of that. Right, but that's not what we're taught. We're taught, but then at the same time, I did want that that external beauty that he thinks I'm externally beautiful, and so it's like I think women and always want something like that it's not even like a relationship thing it's like a a something and how like for example the thing that sticks out the most and this took this was like 2017 2018 when a boyfriend of mine was like we need to get your butt bigger yeah and I for eight five years it plays over and over every time I look at my butt yeah, and like I'll even like there. look at my butt in the mirror to be like, and I just hear we need to get your butt every single, and I could cry. It brings it cho- it comes up here mm-hmm. because I don't want to look at my butt and sexualize it and make yeah. it seem like it needs to be bigger or smaller, or whatever. Right, it, or make it anything. Or right, you know, I want to just I just want to look at it and say you're beautiful. I just want to look at yeah. myself and say you're beautiful. And yes. I'm not the most be, and I'm not saying I'm the most beautiful out of every girl. No, I just want to look at myself. Yeah. And say to myself, no matter what part I look like or look at, you're beautiful. Whether it's my boobs or my butt or my stomach or my hips right. or my feet. I don't yeah. want to look at them and be like, like looking at my feet the other day. Like, why do, why is a guy trying <laughs> right. to find this? And you're never going to know. You're never going to, you know, be able to. Or even look at out, my butt right? and think yeah. if it's not big enough or it's, I'm sexually inadequate like what the well, fuck right. does that mean <laughs> well and that that is the thing though too that's something that they were taught by watching you know videos and and different things like where did they come up with that concept that's what i mean women's asses it it started with sir mix a lot with baby got yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? yeah like it did it started with and then that the man's was baywatch was baywatch exactly and that's the whole thing that they're taught this is what's acceptable and beautiful now. Like I said, back when I was younger, no one wanted, they wanted to be little, tiny, skinny. And that was like, yay, if you were like that, everybody thought you were amazing. But if you were, you know, even a little bit chunky, it was like, oh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it, and it always changes. So there's no way to ever be throughout your whole lifespan exactly what unless you do what some women do and they get plastic surgery they put in the implants they take out the implants depending on what society says is beautiful and the whole issue with that is oh my god no No. so to be able to become okay with who you are as a human being is then the answer to all of this And that's doing the inner work and that's, you know, really looking at a lot of these things and asking questions around it. Because when you start to put it down on paper, all that falls apart as what beauty is. It just starts to fall apart depending on who you're talking to. You know, I look at one um, human being and I'm like, oh, beautiful. And someone else is like, really? You know, it's all our own lenses that we're seeing everything. It's like art. How many different pieces of art are there? And people are like, oh, and I look at it. I'm like, it looks like a blob on top of another blob with two squiggly lines through it. And someone's like, that's beautiful. Right. So it's all perception. Yeah. And we all have to start to realize that it's all perception. But as human beings, if we can come to that place inside of ourselves where I am magnificent, 
I am beautiful just because I am here. Just because I got to come here, slide into this human form in whatever form it took, you know, that's so amazing and important. And that's all that matters. And all the rest of it is just, you know, it's just a construct of our society at the time. And it is just, you know, people's views and lenses. And we we need to though know that. We need to teach that in people. And we also need to teach people how to be compassionate and not, you know, <laughs> say to people, you're ugly or you're fat or you're whatever. And we know though, that it always comes from them. That's how they feel about themselves too. So it's like, I think that's right the, with yourself, right? Well, I think that's what I'm learning is, is like, okay. I mean, conceptually, I understand that I'm a being of love and light and I need to just love myself. I don't, I don't love, I love myself. I love my energy. I love my soul, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I've gotten to that place. But with the embodiment work, when I slide into my body, yeah, I don't like it. It's very yeah. uncomfortable. It's very yeah. weird. It's very much like, what the, what is this? And what do I do yeah. with this? And I'm supposed to like this and use this. And, and for a lot of us, I, and I think, every one of us struggles with the human body because it's it's we don't really necessarily understand it and we're not necessarily taught to take care of it or what it does or we're taught like oh we should feel good but when it feels good that's weird so why yeah exactly feel good? it's yeah, like yeah 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 a lot of talks, mixed messages too yes so there's it's a very lot of multi-layered there's a lot of confusion very it's very yes multi-layered the way we feel and how we're taught and what you were taught and who you grew up with and your thoughts about all of it, how much work you're doing on yourself. There's so many layers to all of it. So what I've been doing is looking at all the messages that I've received from the men in my family about, and I'm I'm centralizing it around body, about my body, because now I'm in my embodiment process. So I'm not thinking about who I am as a person, if I make them proud or not, or this, or if they approve of my life choices or anything like that. I'm and I'm not even going to take what they're saying. I'm looking at what I've already taken and integrated mm. and become from because I there's a lot going on there. So I'm trying to say like if you're a woman and you're listening to this, men you can do this too, but I'm saying if you're a woman, we tend to have this sexualization to our own selves that becomes this paradox of our own selves where we can't fully feel good because even if we're the most, if we sexualize ourselves out and we stand next to another girl, it's still going to be, make us feel weird because of the male gaze. Is is he going to find me the most sexually appetizing or her the most sexually appetizing? And so that is our trap. That's our trap that we get in because then it's not for us. So I started to realize that like, what does it mean for me to feel sexy and beautiful because those are two different things. Sexy to me is I get to manifest with my own life force. I get to be in charge of my integration process. I am in tune with my emotions. I am in tune with my energy. That is sexy to me. Not like I put on this dress sexy. Like that can be a sexy thing, but that's also a visually stimulating thing. I'm trying to own my sexiness. And what is sex? Sex creates life force. Sex creates things. Sex is two things coming together to create another. So how can I be sexy? I create my inner feminine, my inner masculine, and I make them healthy and I create life in my own self. I create emotions. I create experiences that are in alignment with what I want to experience because that is what sex is, right? Coming together to create a feeling or an experience. So how do I have sex with myself every day that way without it being a physical thing? That's Mm -hmm. kind of like what has freed me from the needing to be sexy for others. Mm -hmm. I started asking myself, how can I be sexy for myself? And what does sexy for myself mean? Because I can also put the lingerie on and like that's an experience sometimes that I like to do just and dance in my house. Mm -hmm. That's a one layer because we were saying there's layers. Yeah. I've been asking myself, what does 
what is sexy for me? And honestly, it's being on my website, creating my new dosha quiz. That was sexy. Like, you know what I mean? That was like me creating something. Then also, what does beautiful mean to me? Which I kind of talked about because I got to beautiful before I got to sexy. Mm -hmm. Beautiful is the way that my heart experiences the world is beautiful to me. So I'm not like I had to kind of go away from what society says sexy or beautiful is for a woman for me to start to recognize and see that I have this watcher in my head Mm. that every day that I put something on, I'm like the watcher is like, "Mm," it's like a guy's voice. It's like Mm -hmm. this male voice that I've, it's no one's particular voice. It's my own voice. That's like Mm -hmm. says things. And before it used to be very toxic, Mm -hmm. used to say things like your butt's not big enough, or you're going to wear that, or you're going to do now the voice is like, it's starting to be created where it's like, you're beautiful. And it's, mm-hmm. it's you want to have a male mm-hmm. in your own self that encourages you. So I had to realize that I had a toxic men. Mm-hmm. I was taking the toxic lens because also growing up and with like porn, mm-hmm. I didn't watch porn or anything, but in that culture and it's gotten way bigger with like the men in my generation before it was like magazines. Now it's like freaking videos and they mm-hmm. get their energy all entwined in and whatever. Yeah. So there's like and there's instagram and there's models and there's blah 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 so it's like i had to like really unravel from that toxicity to create this because the guy that i want to be with i need to match my voice and Mm -hmm. i'm only going to pick the guy that matches the internal watching voice because that's what feels the most comfortable for me so i was picking guys who were part of yeah the porn and toxic view Right. But I had to take that and create a healthy, what does beauty mean to me? Hmm. What does sexy mean to me? And then looking at those parts of myself that for like freaking years and years and years I've looked at and said needs to change and just looking at it and hearing that other voice Hmm. and just letting, I haven't been able to introduce something new yet, but I'm just looking at it and going, Look at it. <laughs> that needs to be a course because when you come up with that course, I want to take it seriously. Okay. Like to be able okay. to do that because this conversation, I wasn't really sure when you first read that quote where this was going, but the so it's making me think in a different way about the free. I'm trying to free yeah, myself. Yeah. Exactly. And that's when I sat with that quote for an hour because I was like felt so into that of like that watcher yeah. and how I've and how adopted. Not, yeah. And we're not really talking about an actual watcher. We're talking about the one we have created for ourselves yeah. from the relationship that we have had with men. Ourselves in the past, from watching generations in the past, from listening to movies and all of these different things, from knowing our history as women in the past, yeah. through our DNA, I'm sure some of it's gotten you know passed down through the few hundreds of years that we've been here, thousands of years that we've been here on this planet, moving through all of this dark masculine um, energy and the patriarchy and all of that. And where it's culminated as these voices, these watchers in our own minds. That now we don't even need a man saying anything to us. We're creating it for ourselves. Yep. And then we're choosing that man that's inside of us. And we're reflecting it and by choosing that externally too. Yeah. And And then we can only see that that lens that we've heard that watcher that's watching us. That we want to find externally. Yes. Yeah, wow. so that's why I'm starting to shift that. And for the first time the other day, I finally said to someone, I won't be ignored anymore. Yeah, I will not be ignored. But it didn't come from up here, like in right. my brain and like, bloom, and like yeah. fight about it. Like, right. no, <laughs> it came from, I, I've i been practicing for the last like few weeks and then working on my papa and getting into that energy of things too. And yeah, like bringing it internally of how I want to be with men in the world. It got me to a place where I, yeah, I don't want to be ignored by a man ever anywhere, no yeah. matter who it is. It, and it's not like I'm going to fight about it. And mm-hmm. it's just some state with this my work myself. Yeah. That I've been doing about yeah. how I view myself. I won't be ignored. Right. Because I can't ignore myself anymore. Right. 
And I'm not going to be ignored because I don't deserve to be ignored. I deserve to experience. And so I've been creating more experiences. So it's like a declaration. So I've gotten to just to a place inside where the toxicity and the healthiness has gotten to a neutral point of I won't be ignored. Yeah. So still work in progress. I maybe will create a course. I don't know. But I wanted to bring that up because I wanted to take women to a because it's annoying as freaking hell to be a woman <laughs> and to walk outside and yeah. you there's a part of you that obviously wants to get hit on because it's it's cool to be a woman and you're oh, beautiful right. as women and there's something about that right but then mm. at the same time wearing heavy layers of clothing to not be hit on yeah. right and so but we're subject to that we don't have mm. where's our stake where's our claim in that and I'm trying to figure that out and so now I want to wear over baggy size things it's because I feel like it yeah and if I want to show off my midriff it's because I feel like it right hmm yeah and I guess it's all it always comes back to me that it's all about the internal work that it has to be internal there's no fixing anything in the external it's all about coming in and looking really deeply at all these things and just trying to figure it out and letting things go and bringing new things in and deciding why, you know, we create these things for ourselves or have, they have been created in other ways and just getting really clear on who we are personally and what we will and will not tolerate and how we want to live and how we want to show up in this world and then it always then reflects outside and then that's how you change that's how things change yeah and I think the first step is to just give yourself permission to just kind of play around with social norms like for example like Hannah was saying when she was on the podcast the last time she let her armpit she wasn't sure she wanted armpit hair or not right she let it grow out first to decide Same thing with my legs. I was like, I'm going to stop shaving them for a really long time just to see. I don't want to shave them every single day. Like I was like, I had to keep up with every freaking day. Like now I'm like, sometimes I like shave legs and some, if it's Mm -hmm. the winter, whatever. Like if I decide to shave my legs for me or not, Mm -hmm. it's not because of any other reason. And I've gotten there with my legs. So I've gotten, so it's just like start to kind of play with, maybe you'll realize you don't care or you do care. But just start to realize, like, what is it that makes me comfortable in my body? Can Mm -hmm. I work on this one thing? Can I soften into this? Do I need to wear this today because I'm afraid of what other people are going to say? Or can Mm -hmm. I just start to challenge societal fear that comes in your brain first? That's what helped me. And then I started asking myself, what do I find beautiful about myself? What do I find beautiful to wear? Yeah. And what, and then I started to kind of integrate that, which led me to realizing I also have that toxic male voice in my brain. Yeah. So which is how, where did I learn that? Where did yeah. I pick that up? Who taught me that that's what it was? I let my generation and I let my friends and I let society dictate that for me mm-hmm. from 12 on. Yeah. Because yeah. I just wanted to be loved and yep. a boyfriend as soon as my dad and my parents got divorced, I had my got my first boyfriend and he told me he was going to love me. Mm-hmm. So anything he said, yeah, I took at 12. Yeah. So that's what I'm just saying. Just start. Exactly. It's the internal yeah, work. And, and don't, you know, judge yourself no. at all through any of it because it's a process just like all of this work. is. It's more of an investigation. Yeah. Like you're gathering the facts of mm-hmm. like, how did I get here? What are the facts yeah. of the situation? Yeah. All right. Exactly. X, Y and Z took place. So mm-hmm. I created this situation. Yeah, that's factual. Now we can make a new choice based on what you're going to decide to do with what you've already done. That's how it works. Yeah. And you can notice that maybe, you know, you're not shaving your legs and you feel good about it, but then you start again because there comes that voice again. Okay. Well, there's that voice again. So I'm not really doing it for me. I'm doing it because of that male part of myself who doesn't appreciate hairy legs. Okay. Well, wait a minute. So then that's not me, you know, and you could just keep going back and forth with it. Mm-hmm. And like you said, just keep investigating and just keep asking, is this, and I is will this for me? say every place almost, I mean, guys have told me this as well. 
that I've talked to. And I mean, I go and get waxes and I just have asked different wax people. Guys can say that they really care, but at the end of the day, they're going to do you anyways. Like, I'm not, <laughs> this is not being mean and I'm not whatever. Like, you could have a full blown bush down there. I'm and they're going to be like, yeah, whatever, I'll work with it. <laughs> they're going to maybe, maybe say something, but right. then it, or they're not walking away. <laughs> no, they're not because they're already there. So, and I'm not, it's not being mean to men either. It's just the realization oh, that we're yeah. in human bodies. Yes. And that's, so get over it. And just, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So just, people can say what they want to <laughs> say, but at the end of the right. day, if yeah. a woman is there in front of a guy, I've had guys say this. Yeah, it's going to yeah. happen. It's going to yeah. be okay. <laughs> like, yeah. And a lot of it, too, you know, when anybody meant not even, you know, we were talking about men right now as saying things to women. Um, about how they look or whatever it's never hardly ever about the actual woman because someone else will be finding that woman completely attractive this man's trying to change that woman it has nothing to do with the woman it has nothing to do with you if someone tells you that you're ugly it has nothing to do with you it has to do with their perception how they feel inside how sometimes their parents treated them. Yeah, but I was just going to say Are that, they yeah. trying to make themselves feel better in this situation about having power over and they you? they feel ugly. And how is and this beautiful woman with this yes. powerful vagina opening her yeah. legs for me when I'm a pe- Like, I don't feel good about myself. Yeah. That's also right. another thing I realized. Yeah. So you also also have to always take that in, into consideration. When someone's trying to change you, it's because they're trying to change something about themselves. And they feel powerless over that they can't change they don't know how no one's ever taught them how so that's the other thing putting yourself in other people's shoes and yeah that might sting and someone says oh your your butt's too small or whatever and you're just thinking to yourself and then you just internalize it and take it onto yourself and then you're you need to say well why would they say that for one thing are they trying to hurt me do they feel like you know their butt's too small (laughs) i mean you know what i mean what is going on with them because a healthy person is not going to try to hurt someone by telling them something like that anyway so we all we all that's another layer to it we have to realize and when you get sovereign and when you get to a point to where you don't mind yourself so much and i'm not saying you need to be someone who loves yourself and you're awesome but if you can get there great but if you're not there yet you can still turn it around and have that knowledge of this has nothing to do with me What's going on with them? They are miserable and they are just lashing out. And I happen to be standing in front of them. Yeah. And then you have to decide, okay, well, they're lashing out at me. Why am I standing in front of them then? Why am I still here? If someone's telling me. Well, that's when you go and you ask yourself the internal question of what internal voice did I create? Because also that's another thing that I realized. I picked up on voices that was me talking to me because I didn't feel good about me. So I'm going to pick an external person who will have that same thing. So that way it's them and it's me Mm -hmm. too. Then you're like, oh, I'm right. I must be right because somebody else is saying it. The external world is also saying it to me. So the voices in my head and the voices outside, they're doing the same thing. So So then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So that's where it comes down to. What is beauty to you? What is sexy to right. you? So that way and and where people are at in their consciousness and their conditioning, then you're going to choose someone who's at a different level of consciousness and you're going to yes. choose someone who's at a different level of conditioning. Or yeah. if a guy does decide to say something, because most men don't necessarily understand the complexity of a human body or a woman's body and all the things that she carries, you're going to be able to say, oh, poor you're cute like that's what you're going to be able to say yeah like, it's not right? going to be like my life just got shattered it's going to yes. be like you, you go you just got off you go you go 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 <laughs> right <You know? laughs> like, i'm good so it becomes more of that than yeah. anything else and i think yeah. that's what i've started to realize is like i actually as a woman have a lot of power here you can say whatever you want yeah. about my body right 
I've recognized my energy around right. certain things. By no means am I there. That's why I was having this conversation. Yeah. But I'm deepening and I'm mm-hmm. getting there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so if we can just and I'm freeing myself from the constraints of feeling like I need to be everything in order to keep someone in my life. Right. Especially women. There's so much sexual pressure because of porn. Yeah. That's not my pressure. I'm not carrying yeah. it anymore. Right. Exactly. They've got a script. They are acting. Mm-hmm. She's pretending. I can do right. that too. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but do you really want someone who's pretending? No. Do you really want someone who's just playing a part? Or do you want someone no. who's connecting with you? And that's, that's sometimes where the scary part comes in. Because when you it's true connection, then there's the true emotions. And then all the things come up. And then you don't look like a porn star when maybe you might start. You know what I mean? Like really feeling into what's going on then you don't have the oh baby that's also going on that i really want <laughs> and this is the thing that we can't have this conversation necessarily yet that's where i want men to and i'm not saying men that are listening to this podcast and are pinpointing any particular man but men as in the ocean of the male collective that's what isn't that what we all want is to connect and so if you keep making us all into porn stars, it's just your way of protecting yourself from connection. Right. That's really what it is. Yeah. And yeah. so can we can we all do something differently mm-hmm. about that? Right. Because when you want to connect, that is scary. But yeah. when you make every woman into a porn star, then she becomes that object. Yeah. And then you lose. Yeah. You lose yeah, too. Yeah, we all lose, and humanity loses. You know. Yeah. So that's just the thing. Yeah. Hmm. But that's kind of where I'm at. So I'm glad that that quote came across me. Yeah. Because it's helped me, and I wanted to share with everyone else. Yeah. Thank you for that, because that was very interesting. You're welcome. Realizations that I had during that conversation. And I hope it helps somebody else too out there. So I guess that's it for us today. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thanks everybody for showing up here today for us, for yourself and for this beautiful place we call planet earth. Love you. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you would like to connect with Sydney and have her become a guide on your healing journey, you can find her at innerelementwellness.com. You can find her book and her journal on Amazon. And all of these links are in the show notes. If you love this podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks again, and we will see you next time.